Jesus. You are everything that we need, Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus. Without you, Lord, we are nothing. We come to give you praise and glory today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Aren't you thankful God is, is alive and well? Amen. He can provide everything that we need. Amen. And uh, we know him by all these names, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. Amen. And uh, the greatest name of those is Jehovah Yeshua, which is Jesus. The Lord saves. That's what it means. Uh, and so what better than a better name than the name that is above every name. Amen. Amen. We're here to worship him. So good to see everyone here this morning. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. God is good. We have a great time last night at the prayer meeting. God moved. Amen. In a mighty way. Amen. Thank you all those that came out to help yesterday morning and came out yesterday night. I mean, uh, God is good. Amen. So we want to... Uh, uh, begin our Sunday school session and do something different today. Um, before we begin, what we're going to do is um, one one Sunday morning a month, we're going to go through a Bible study together. So before you're seated, you need to come up and grab a Bible study. That way we all are well-versed. And many different Bible studies. There's so many of them out there. Uh, so that way we're preparing that uh, you're going to be teaching a Bible study to somebody. That's what we want. Amen. And so, and so um, today we're going to be doing this one. Uh, next month we'll do a different one. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of these little pamphlet ones out in the back here. And we'll go through them all. Uh, you'll... You'll gravitate towards one that you like, I'm sure, um, and if not, maybe you'll write your own. That's fine as well, amen, and so uh, you may be seated today, amen, and so uh, this is one of the ones that I like to go to first off, uh, one of my go-to ones, Beyond Belief, uh, and so if you can understand uh, or begin to think about it where the perspective of this is going, the purpose behind it is there's uh, obviously everyone in the world, not everyone, but everyone is a Christian, supposedly. And, um, but the truth is, is that so many of them become Christians through John 3.16. Just believe in the Lord, you'll be saved. Romans 10.17, call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Believe with all your heart, you'll be saved. Uh, and so the majority of Christianity out there are uh, are saved by faith, and we are saved by faith. We're saved through grace by faith. I mean, without the grace of God, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. Gra God gives grace so that we can have an opportunity. So without the grace of God, we're nothing. We're, we're not saved. We don't even have the opportunity to be saved. Uh, and then apart from grace, that opportunity, the space, uh, we need faith. Because if you don't believe, you're not going to be saved, right? It takes uh, grace and faith. Uh, and through our faith begins to produce uh, fruit in our lives and become obedient to the word of God. Uh, so there is more than just uh, believing. 
uh, but there's actually living it out and becoming obedient to the word of God. And so this Bible study obviously kind of attacks, not necessarily attacks, but uh, uh deals with uh, Christians or believers that you may encounter that says, yeah, I believe, I'm saved, I believe, and that's great. We want to rejoice in that, but we also want to tell them, hey, there's more. There's more than just believing, uh, and so here we are beyond belief, um, and uh, we got about, you know, 24, 25 pages uh, we're going to zip through here, uh, and so that's the intention is to, to, to finish a Bible study in this in this hour that we have. That way uh, you can also teach it in an hour or lunch break that you have or, or whatever. Uh, there are obviously many uh, there's deeper and more in-depth Bible studies, 12 week long courses, exploring God's word, uh, word for truth. Uh, uh, and so. Uh, we'll probably get to those at some point, but first we're going to go through all the, the quick Bible studies, the hour-long Bible studies, the pamphlets that we can easily teach anywhere. Uh, and so, uh, obviously going on, on, on page number two, it talks about personal responsibility, that how, how salvation is, is on the individual. Um, I can't, uh, my salvation is not based on you or on somebody else or on somebody else's faith or belief or their church history or their church experience, but my salvation is all 100% in my hands. That way, if I don't do anything with it, uh, I can't blame anybody. And God takes, again, last week, uh, the excuses. God takes away everyone's excuse because he puts it on, we need to work out our own salvation um, Peter talks about give diligence to make your calling and election sure. He's talking about the individual person. Uh, and so, so many people just come to church, uh, whatever the preacher says, I accept it. That's great. That's word. And, and obviously, if the preacher is preaching truth as he should be, uh, that's great. But still, that doesn't give us uh, the excuse or say, well, I don't got to worry about it. I don't got to study. I don't got to do all these things. No, it still falls back on the individual because if the preacher is preaching false doctrine and you accept it, uh, guess what? You want to blame the preacher, but the Bible says you need to blame yourself. Study to show yourself approved. Uh, give diligence to your calling and election. Work out your own salvation. Uh, and so all of this is uh, placed on the individual. And even uh, we, are, we preach the truth, the whole truth, the gospel truth here. Uh, and again, uh, if we, for whatever reason, are, are preaching something that is wrong, uh, that is contrary to the word of the Lord, guess what? The word of the Lord stands true, and we need to be corrected. And that's what doctrine is for reproof and correction, and uh, that's what the word of God is. And so uh, that is what we align ourselves with. And so uh, obviously we have to understand that God has a plan, and he's always had a plan. From the beginning of the earth, before he created the world, he he's has a plan. We have plans for our life, and so obviously God's going to have a plan uh, for all of this that he's doing. And so nothing becomes, nothing happens by accident, nothing takes God by surprise. Uh, he knows the end from the beginning, and he's always had a plan for salvation uh, in, through the uh, the, the, the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. Before God said, let there be light, he already had the plan of salvation because he already knew that man would fall. He already knew that Adam and Eve would, would sin and mess up. So uh, before he made 
the world and made mankind, he first had a plan of salvation, and that is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the plan, the salvation, the idea, and the word became flesh at the appointed time. Uh, the plan revealed itself in the appointed time, and that is when uh, Jesus uh, was appeared on the earth. God rode himself in flesh, and so he has always had a plan, and so it is on you and me uh, to align ourselves with God's plan. doesn't matter what plan you think God has. Uh, God has a plan, and he's sticking to his own plan. No matter how great of a planner you are, uh, we got to surrender that to God's plan and God's will, and that is found in the word of God. Uh, he, he accepted, uh, God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's offering. Why? Not because God woke up one day and says, oh, I like his, his looks better than yours, so I'm accepting his. No, the reason he accepted Cain or Abel's and not Cain's is because God had a plan for salvation and he was going by his plan. Uh, and so it was to give the first fruits. Cain was not doing that. And so you're not, you're not, your sacrifice is not according to the plan of God. So I reject that. Uh, and so uh, we, we know the story that happened with that. And, and obviously Noah, God had a plan uh, with Noah, the tabernacle plan. God had a plan, literally had the plan that told Moses these are the shadow of things in, the he in heaven. Uh, and so we want to follow uh, God's plan for our lives, and that means also for salvation too. doesn't matter what you think. Uh, if you just be a good person, you're going to go to heaven. That doesn't align with God's plan. There's no scripture for being a good person, you go to heaven. That's man-made's plan. That's what we hope because that's the easiest thing. Well, he was good 51% of his life, so he gets to go to heaven. Killed a few people along the way, but hey, he crossed that 50% barrier. He's good most of his life. He gets to go to heaven. Uh, and so that's our plan, uh, but that's not God's plan. God is gracious enough. He gives us the word of God. His, he gives us his plan, the blueprint of everything, and it's on us to study that. And if we don't study it, uh, then we, we're the ones who are going to look uh, like a fool on that day um, and have many excuses, and none of them are going to work. Uh, and so uh, we got to go to, on page four, uh, the foundation of God's plan is obviously the word of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine. And so uh, we have to trust and believe that the word of God is the foundation of it all. If you can't believe the Bible, then you, you can't, you can, you're not going to be saved. Uh, because the, the Bible is the inherent word of God, the, 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 the pure and perfect word of God. And so we have to realize and uh, understand that this is the ultimate authority, the Bible. If you think that the Bible is, is all on par with other books that are written by man, uh, you're, you're discounting the Bible. And most likely you're probably not going to be saved because you'll pull your salvation from this book that you like. Uh, and fill in the blanks where you think in the Word of God. It all, the, the Word of God is complete. We don't need any other books. We don't need any other creeds or doctrines that man has put together, the smartest philosophers on the earth uh, put together these books or whatever. Uh, we don't, th those are not necessary. They may give some insight to other things, uh, but we, the Word of God is complete. Why would God give us an incomplete plan? 
God does everything good from the end to the, to the beginning, uh, and so he does all things well. And so if he gives us his word of God uh, from the first page to the last, we have everything that we need inside of that. And so that is what we build our, our life and our foundation on, and that is the plan of God. Uh, and so we, as we mentioned in 2 Timothy, we need to study to show ourselves rightly dividing the word of truth. And so... Uh, this is the foundation of it is the word of God. If people you're going to talk to, they have to believe that the Bible is the sole authority. That the Bible tells them how to live. If they can't accept that, then they're going to have a hard time with salvation. Well, we want the salvation part. We know the Bible is, is absolutely sure on salvation, but when it starts going into how we live our lives, well, it, is the Bible really that, is that really accurate on that? And so that's why we have to believe it's all or nothing with the word of God. Uh, because once you start mixing other ideas and philosophies in, you get, you get confused and uh, you're not going to love the truth. And then you're really going to be lost and damned because God is uh, going to send that strong delusion. And so uh, we, we begin, again, the foundational part here of, uh, of the New Testament. Obviously, we are in the New Testament age. Uh, the Old Testament is a schoolmaster. It is great historical accounts. Uh, what it does is teaches us uh, 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 of the purpose and the foundation behind all what Jesus did. And it was to teach the people that lived in the Old Testament is to teach them, obviously, the same message uh, about God and salvation. And so we obviously see uh, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, uh, the four Gospels. They tell the life of Jesus Christ, uh, the gospel, the good news and the good news is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's the good news because without that, we would not be here. Uh, and so we begin to look in the, word, the, the Gospels because this is the narrative, the story of Jesus. The words that he spoke are written and recorded in these Gospels. Uh, one life, four different perspectives. Uh, many of them share the same stories, but men, they may not all use the same words and uh, different perspectives. If we all, if you all were to go home today and write a write a little summary of what happened in Sunday school today, uh, we'd have 44 different versions of what happened today, but yet still the same message, right? At least I'd hope. Paying attention. Uh, so we had four different writers that. Uh, God, the Spirit of God worked upon and moved upon to write these and record these. And so here we find the words of Christ. And if you get a red letter edition Bible, uh, the things that are read, that's what Jesus said. Uh, so those are, are what we're going to look to because if Jesus, if God has a plan, he came to earth to reveal that plan. And so he's going to say his plan to, he's going to speak his plan to people, and thankfully we have it all recorded in Scripture. So we have the words, his plan uh, that he has for us. And so uh, we're going to first study what Jesus said uh, in, in the four Gospels, and then we'll move into the book of Acts where the church actually started, and we will actually begin to see the very same, the very things that Jesus spoke they're now being played out in Acts uh, because that's the plan, right? And, and so the church is going to follow the, the, the words of Christ and the plan of God. And so um, uh, Hebrews 2 and 3, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, 
which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard it. So, again, salvation was first spoken of of Jesus. He talked about salvation. And then it was confirmed uh, by them that heard him speaking and the words that were spoken and through the words of the apostles who spoke the same words that Jesus spoke. As uh, as Jesus prayed in John uh, chapter 17, what does he say? Uh, I pray for those who who you have given me, who I'm going to send into the world, and I pray for those that hear their words so that they believe on me and my words. So the apostles had the same exact message and the words that Jesus had, and Jesus prayed for everyone to hear the apostles' doctrine which was what Jesus taught them. And so we're going to Jesus first, and then we'll see how it plays out, because Jesus spoke the words of salvation. Uh, and so um, we see that in, in going there. So that is, that is the basis of, of, of this Bible study is, hey, God has a plan, it's his word, and we're going to see what Jesus says about salvation, because that's, that's all you need. You don't need any other buddies' opinions or commentaries uh, Jesus is good enough to explain to us what his plan is for salvation. Uh, and so it's on us just to, to perceive that in faith and believe. Uh, and so here we go on page number 7, Matthew 16, 18 through 19. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so here is, here is uh, we begin, begin to see a shadow of the next phase in, in this plan of salvation because Jesus has the plan, and here he says, Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Now, we're in Matthew 16, we're a few chapters from Jesus being crucified and killed and resurrected and all that. So we're not really, uh, Peter's got some keys and he doesn't necessarily know what they're for. Uh, what he understands, what we know they unlock something and, and, and Jesus obviously said the keys to the kingdom. Uh, they're still learning about this uh, and they, they still struggle even until the, his death, they're still struggling uh, after his resurrection, we see him teaching, uh, teaching his uh, apostles uh, really, uh, really the whole picture now because they really understand it now that he's back with them. Uh, so he's really able to point it, uh, paint the, the, the plan out for them. And so he's got the keys. Uh, and so Jesus, or Peter was the one that Jesus trusted enough to give him the keys to the kingdom. Uh, and so uh, what, what the world Nowadays, they like to learn. They like to to turn to Paul. Obviously, Paul wrote most of the New Testament, uh, the epistles uh, that we 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 learn from and, and grow from. But the problem is, is nowadays many churches, denominations, they look to Paul as the author of uh, of the one because he's the one who says, you know, by grace we are saved through faith, uh, and obviously that is that's true. Um, um, and, and, and Paul also the one wrote Romans in 10 17 you just you know believe and confess and you'll be saved and so uh, nowadays people hinge on Paul as the one as if he's the one who has the keys and so they look to Paul's message instead of Peter's message they don't 
they skip over Acts 2.38, and they go to Romans 10.17, and it says, believe in your heart and confess, and you'll be saved. We, we look to Paul, not Peter. Well, already you can see a problem with that, because Paul doesn't have the keys. Only one man has the keys, and that is Peter. And Jesus said, I'm giving the keys to you, Peter. He didn't say, and later on, I'm going to give the keys to Paul also. No, one person has a set of keys, and that was Peter to unlock the kingdom, uh, unlock the church, unlock this plan of salvation to the world. And it was whatever Peter spoke uh, unleashed all of this. And so that's why we have to follow Scripture, follow the plan. Let's not get ahead of ourselves with Paul. Let's not jump to Paul. Let's go back to the beginning and follow the words of Jesus. And we start reading and says, oh, we've got to stop here. Peter has the keys. Let's mark that down. Peter has the keys. And so turning on page 8, now that we understand that Peter is the one we need to be looking to, uh, whatever he says. In, in Mark 16, 16, Jesus says, uh, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And so here now we are beginning to little, see a little bit more about salvation. We, just, we now, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent the kingdom is at heaven is at hand. We understand that, but now we're beginning to see a little bit more about this plan. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So now a little bit more details are coming out about the plan that God has. Uh, and so uh, he, it doesn't say he that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Again, if you believe, then you're going to be obedient to whatever God says. If you believe, if you have faith, Jesus says, jump through three hula hoops. You're going to jump through three hula hoops if you have faith, right? Again, we're not, uh, the, big, the whole big argument is, you know, works and salvation. Every, they say, well, you just got to believe uh, and believe uh, your belief. We are saved by grace through faith, and we are. Uh, we, don't, we don't say that, uh, you know, uh, baptism isn't going to save you, but it's your faith that gets you in the water. Right. Uh, baptism is something that we have to do according to the scripture, because Jesus said we got to do that. You got to repent. Uh, you got to be baptized in Jesus name. You got to be born of the water and of the spirit. If you don't have faith, you're not going to do that. If you have the faith you claim you do, it's going to lead you to do those things because you want to please God and all that you do. And all the works that we do, we're doing under the Lord. So you can't say, oh, I believe, but I don't need I don't need to I don't need to get baptized. Well. Jesus just said it in Mark 16, you should be baptized if you're going to be saved. And so uh, now that uh, we understand a little bit more about this plan of salvation, we go to Luke 24. Again, Jesus is speaking, uh, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, whose name, Jesus' name, among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And so now uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Another thing that Jesus said is that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in Jesus' name uh, beginning at Jerusalem. So we begin to see more details of this plan, right? It's beginning to unfold, and we obviously already know what, it's, what this is talking about and what's leading to. But again, we're talking to people who just believe, right? We're uh, sitting across the table who says, well, I believe, and I'm going to heaven. Well, let's talk about the plan. 
that Jesus laid out, right? He knows. Uh, and so here we go. Believing and baptized now, all of a sudden repentance is now thrown in there and remission of sins and all of this done in Jesus' name. Uh, where? Beginning at Jerusalem. So now we have uh, what kind of a little bit what's going to be preached and we also have a location of where this is going to be preached. And if you can kind of put it together, who has the keys, who might be the preacher to release all of these things. The only one that we know has keys is Peter. And, and so uh, now we can kind of understand uh, what this church service is probably going to look like uh, whenever this plan comes to pass. Uh, and so now we see that in verse uh, page 9, uh, Jesus begins to go on and say, uh, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Again, you believe, then you should receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So here we got even more details uh, of this plan of salvation that Jesus is talking about. We're still talking, we're still in the Gospels, we're still studying the words that Jesus said because he has the plan and he's uh, laying it out. And so now we see the Holy Ghost is, is going to uh, be received by people that believe. Uh, and, and then out of this uh, comes. Uh, the salvation message. And so, again, the, the, the summary of what Jesus has been talking about. Salvation would begin at Jerusalem. Peter has the keys. We must believe. We must repent. We must be baptized. Remission of sins would be uh, preached in Jesus, in his name, in Jesus' name. And that believer should receive the Holy Ghost. This is all the Bible. We haven't even got to this actually happening yet. We just put together the words that Jesus said, and look at what we have. It's amazing. We, uh, we where it is headed, and so uh, now that we 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 have studied the the words that Jesus said, uh, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter what we say. We want to know what Jesus says. He's the ultimate authority, right? If you can't agree with what Jesus says, uh, there's no hope. Where, where are you going to go? You're going to start quoting some other philosophers and great theologians. That's great. Uh, why aren't you believing what Jesus said? Uh, and again, this is obviously, you know, you don't want to talk like that to the, your, your friends, but you, you obviously work it out. We're just kind of going through this um, uh, in, in this setting today. And so, uh, so now that we, ha we have the plan, uh, let's begin to look into it even more. Uh, to continue to rightly divide uh, the word of truth so that we can put it all together. And so uh, we see here in Acts 1 and 3, to whom also uh, Jesus showed himself alive after he resurrected, after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, whose them is the apostles, uh, after they were he had to gather them all together because of the crucifixion. They didn't think that that would happen, uh, even though he told them we, at least three times in the Gospels. He tells them, I'm going to be crucified. The Son of Man's going to die in the three days. He's going to raise again. He told them that. They weren't listening just like us. We don't listen all the time. 
and so after he resurrected and, and came and showed himself and gathered everybody, gathered the flock back together, uh, he begins to speak things to them pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, what do you think Jesus was talking to them about for 40 days? He was doing a Bible study with them, just like we are. He's saying, hey, guys, you remember when I told you this? This is how it's going to play out. Remember I told you about remissions and, and remission of sins, baptized in my, and, uh, and, and my name and believing and baptizing. Uh, we don't have the words of those, that 40-day conference that Jesus was there with his apostles. We don't have that recorded anywhere. What did he say? We'd love to know. We'd love to get the CD, the DVDs for that, but we don't have that. Uh, the only thing that we have are the apostles' word. You mean to tell me that after being in the room with the resurrected Christ for 40 days and Jesus teaching the apostles the a Bible study and the plans of salvation and, and the, the, the works uh, that he has for the church and everything after sitting for 40 days with Jesus, you mean to tell me that Peter gets up and preaches the wrong message? You mean to tell me that he, 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 he should have spoke what, what uh, Paul taught uh, 20 years later, that that's the real message 20 years later when, when Paul wasn't even in this, this conference with Jesus. Uh, the apostles were. Uh, and so the beginning of the church starts with this shortly after this. Uh, and so they're on fire for, for Jesus. They, everything is so fresh in their mind, their conference. They still have all the notes. Uh, and, and, and the day of Pentecost happens and all comes together. And they, Peter stands up and uh, he doesn't preach the wrong message. He preaches exactly what Jesus taught him for 40 days of what to speak. Maybe, maybe Peter said, Jesus, okay, let me, let me have a few practice runs. Let me get up and let me preach. And you tell me how to take notes and how did I preach. Maybe he did that. We don't know. But, but Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached the message. And we'll see that aligns with what Jesus taught in the Gospels. Uh, and so we see this in verse 9. And when uh, he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him uh, out of their sight. And so now, now for the second time, the apostles are alone. They were alone for three days while he was in the grave. They, they lost it all. Uh, but now after this, uh, gathering, regathering of the flock, they get together, and uh, so now they are on their own, but they feel a little bit more confident, because again, you spend 40 days with Jesus in a Bible class, you're going to come out of there, and you're not going to be afraid of anything, right? That was, the that was what they needed to launch the church, and Jesus, that was part of Jesus' plan, okay? And so, what they, Acts 1 and 12, they returned unto Jerusalem, uh, the Mount Call of Olivet. And so, again, remember, where was it going to be? Where was the, the place, the launching place, the launching pad was Jerusalem, Jesus said. And so, verse, uh, so now they're going to the right place of where this is all going to come together. In Acts 2, 12, uh, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one another, what meanest this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. And, uh, uh, Verse 14, page 12, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, said unto them, ye men of Judea, all ye men, all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. And so 
Who's the one that responds? The one with the keys. So I'm going I'm to handle this. I have the authority. Uh, Jesus has been talking to us. He reminded me, Peter, I gave you the keys. You're going to be using them here soon. And so Peter knew, right, this is my moment. Uh, I have the keys. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to address it. Uh, Peter stands up and he begins to talk to them and, and, and remind them of, of uh, a brief history of what just happened with, with Jesus and, and the prophecies and those things. And in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do now that we've, we've heard this preaching? And so now we, we, we see that up to this point they're in the right place, Jerusalem. They have the right man. Peter is the one standing. And now the unbelievers are saying, what do we need to do? Uh, what should we do to believe? Uh, and so for the first time since Jesus ascended, uh, salvation, this message is now going to be ready to be preached for the first time. Uh, not from the mouth of Jesus, but from the, the anointed ones, the one with the keys to the kingdom of heaven is now going forth. And so what does Peter say? Either he's going to back up what Jesus taught, or he's going to mess it up big time and begin to speak false doctrine and, and man-made things. What does Peter say? Then Peter said to them, repent, baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's amazing. It's not by accident he said these things, but they, they, they are exactly uh, what Jesus taught in the, the Gospels, the plan of salvation that he uh, explained to them. Uh, and so they fulfill exactly uh, what they do. And recapping in um, page 14, Hebrews 2 and 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. It was first spoken by him. We, we figured out the plan. And then confirmed unto us by them that heard him, that they were there with him in that 40-day conference Bible study. They said the exact same, same thing that Jesus said, and that is repent, baptize, remission of sins in Jesus' name, and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so uh, we have no, there's no confusion here. There's no, there's no vagueness. There's no uh, shadows of, well, you got to read between the lines and all these things. It seems like to me it's, they say the, some of the same exact words that Jesus spoke. Why? Because it was his plan, and they don't want to mess up his plan. Peter already messed up enough, uh, and so he said, hey, I'm going to say the exact, every single word you give me, I'm saying it right down to the lighter. Uh, and so here Jesus spoke about repentance and baptism, and all of these things were confirmed. By, the, by Peter and the apostles uh, all wrapped up in Acts 2.38. That's why we preach Acts 2.38. That's, that's one verse, salvation wrapped up in one verse. And if you don't believe it, uh, then you're not going to receive it, right? Uh, and so, and, and then we go on to uh, uh, dive in a little bit more, Matthew 3.16. Jesus, uh, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove, uh, lighting upon him. And so um, people may argue that, well, you don't necessarily need to be baptized. Uh, Paul, Paul didn't really push it as much as Peter did, and, you know, uh, but we see Jesus being baptized. 
as an example. Why, if, if baptism was not necessary, then Jesus wasted his time in the water. And I think Jesus has a plan, right? If his plan is for us to get baptized, he's going to get baptized to show the, to show the way, right? And uh, the Spirit of God is going to come and descend upon him. And that manner was looking like a dove. But also the Spirit of God descends upon us. Amen. And we uh, began to uh, speak in other tongues as that's, that's our dove is, is the Holy Ghost uh, evidence in other tongues. And so uh, we see that, uh, again, John 3 and 5 on page 16, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you got to get it in the water. Baptism is essential. You have to be in the water. Uh, and you got to be born of the Spirit. The, the Spirit has to come down upon you, uh, uh, just like uh, it was preached. And also Jesus taught. Again, Jesus, these are not different words that the apostles used. Same teaching, same concept, same principles. Uh, and so they are born of the water and of the Spirit. And we see that uh, examples, more examples, just be, be, besides Acts 2, we go to Acts 8. Uh, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard Samaria receive the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. Uh, again, who has the keys? Peter has the keys. Now, when they come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. They had already believed, but they still were missing something. They were missing the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was uh, fallen upon none of them. The, the, the Spirit did not come down. But they were baptized, so it's great you were baptized, you're, you're being obedient, um, but you're still missing out the born of the Spirit part. And they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So, again, born of the water of the Spirit. Same thing uh, goes back to uh, John 3 and 5. And, again, another, uh, another verse, Acts uh, 9. Uh, Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hands on him, saying, Brother Saul, Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So again, here, the conversion of uh, Saul to Paul. He was told he needed to get the Holy Ghost, not just to believe. And so again, you can, you know, people hinge on what, what, what uh, Paul wrote about uh, believe and uh, by grace are you saved through faith and confess. And we, we obviously... That is it. But Paul himself was not going to say, yeah, I was told by an angel, by a messenger of God, I need to get the Holy Ghost. When it's my turn to preach, I'm not going to say they, you, you don't need to get the Holy Ghost. If you understand Paul's, or, so, yeah, Paul's teachings uh, through faith is where it all begins. Well, grace through faith is the foundation. But through that, you're going to uh, want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be born again. And then verse 18, page 18, and immediately there from, from his eyes as had been scales that he received his sight forwith and arose and was baptized. So Paul was baptized, Jesus' name, it doesn't say, but what other message was there, right? Uh, the Trinitarian doctrine wasn't formed uh, for 100 years later, uh, and so it was Jesus' name. Again, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in Jerusalem in his name, in Jesus' name. And so... Uh, Paul was baptized in Jesus' name, and he was told to receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, you can't write the whole New Testament if you don't have the Holy Ghost. 
So he had the Holy Ghost. We don't have an actual account of him receiving it and speaking in tongues, but uh, everyone that received the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues, so you can uh, connect the dots there. Uh, and so uh, moving on, Acts 10 is the other example um, of them of people receiving the Holy Ghost, and they knew that they received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they, they heard them speak with tongues. The sign, John, uh, John 3 and 8, you hear the sound of uh, the wind blowing. You don't know where it comes from, but you hear a sound, and so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So if you receive the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a sound that you will know somebody got the Holy Ghost. And we know that that is by speaking in other tongues because, again, the evidence is there. Uh, in Acts chapter, uh, in the book of Acts. In Acts 19, obviously, we have more believers, but they don't believe the whole truth. And that's what we, a lot of Christians out there believe, but they don't believe at all. They don't realize, oh, there's more. Uh, as we see the John's disciples here, we don't even know there was a Holy Ghost or, or how you receive it. Or they, and they were baptized, but they were baptized uh, not in the proper way, so they got rebaptized. And so, if you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's not how the apostles baptized. They baptized in Jesus' name because Jesus is the name of the Father. Jesus is the name of the Son. Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. But you have to speak the name. You can't just be speaking titles and all these things. You have to speak the name because there is power in the name of Jesus, and everything should be done in Jesus' name. And so that's why we call upon the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, again, page 18 begins the summary of the water and the spirit of, uh, of the apostles, what they taught. And so uh, this, is, uh, this is the plan of salvation and how it is lined up with uh, the word of God and what Jesus spoke. If you stand with me this morning. And so the last few pages of the book uh, of the Bible study, again, kind of break it down uh, of what we just talked about, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And then uh, we, we understand uh, that there is more than just believing because believing is going to lead you to do something. James talks about uh, faith without works is dead. Don't tell me you believe something. Show me you believe it. A lot of people like to confess, well, I believe, I believe. That's great. We all believe in something. Show me that you believe the word of God. If you believed, if you believe that a hurricane is coming here, you're just going to sit in your house, I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming. If you believe it's coming, you'd be outside doing something. I don't have, I could drive down the street, see people putting up shutters. I don't have to talk to them. They believe a hurricane's coming. They have faith. The same thing with us. Uh, how, do we, uh, how do we know you believe? He says, well, Jesus says, I need to get baptized. I believe. I'm getting in the water. Jesus says, I need to get the Holy Ghost. I believe. I need to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm listening for that sound uh, to hear the wind blowing uh, and the evidence of, of Jesus uh, filling me with the Holy Ghost, and that is speaking in other tongues. Uh, and so uh, we understand it's great that people believe in God. Everybody believes in God. Everybody believes in Christ and, and, and the Word of God. But that let's, let's look into it. Rightly divide the Word of truth because, again, your salvation is dependent upon you. 
Your salvation is not dependent on what type of church you go to, what the name of your church is, what, what your platform and worship service is like, how many times you go to church. Your salvation is not dependent upon that. Your salvation is dependent upon you rightly dividing the word, studying out the word of God, and seeing what is salvation according to Jesus, according to the word of God. And if you actually look into it, people don't want to look into it. Preacher, you just tell me. Well, hopefully he's telling you right the right thing. Hopefully he's he's uh, he hopefully he's rightly divided the word. Otherwise, you're lost and you can't blame anybody else but you. Amen. So uh, uh, this is that Bible study. Hopefully you have a, a a better idea, a concept of of it's a simple Bible. Again, this is not strange stuff. To, we live this stuff out. And so sometimes we're not always the best teacher or communicator, but hey, uh, just follow along as I did. You just read it through, maybe add a little things here and there of your thoughts, your testimony, your experience, uh, and just f flip the pages. Have people read, read the verses and stuff like that. It's not that hard. It's, it's more hard in our mind than it actually is in reality. We begin to put up all these reasons, excuses. Well, I can't do this. I, I don't know what to say. Well, just open this up and read it word for word. You're doing a hundred times better than, than not doing anything. Right? And let God begin to work in you. And if we step out in faith, say, God, I've never taught a Bible study before, but I want to do that. And, man, if you continue to, to have that desire and pray for that desire, God's going to give you a Bible study to teach. And, hey, you know something you can already teach right now. I don't, uh, and just grab a little. i got to get more of them because I gave them all out here today. Uh, that's okay. When we got more Bible studies, we're going to be going through. Uh, and so you'll, you'll find one that you like the best. And if you don't like them, you write your own, you write your own Bible study that is aligned with the Word of God. We're going to see great things happen. Amen. Because revival happens when God ignites us and then we begin to go out and make disciples and begin to teach people hey this is how you live for God this is what you do and don't do if we're willing to step out the harvest is ripe and ready what do we got to do pray to send laborers out there pray to send people to give Bible studies we need people to give Bible studies like never before and when we're doing that we're going to see the kingdom of God grow in a mighty way and use you like you've never used before amen amen let's worship the Lord today let's thank him God Oh, Lord, use us in a mighty way, God. Hallelujah, we God worship you. 